Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Cholton Up Beats March and hearing from Paul Mortimer, Bob Boulder, Carl Lieber and Simon Webster and Darren Bent. I think tonight's show is going to remind us why Cholton is such a bloody brilliant club sometimes. So, good evening to you and welcome to Cholton Live. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here... Out of the valley is the uh, the first lady of Charlton Live, Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, Louis. Yeah, it's excellent to have you here. Uh, also joining us, making his long-awaited return to the uh, to the studio, Paul Chris. How are you doing, Crispy? I'm very well. I feel like £38 million. Oh, good. That's a, that's a lot of money. Uh, you're not worth that. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Lewis, the cat cat. Hello. Do, do they ever call you that? Uh, no. no they should. Quite. They should. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe if you're starting From today. now on. Yeah. That's it. No. Excellent. Now. Right. So on, uh, on tonight's show, it's, it's a really exciting show tonight. We've got an exclusive interview with former Charlton and England star Darren Bent. We've got plenty of coverage of yesterday's brilliant Charlton Upbeats walk. We're going to hear from Carl Lieber. We're going to hear from Paul Mortimer, Simon Webster, a talking dog. Uh, his own array, of course. We'll, 
uh, look back at yesterday's defeat to uh, Derby County. We're going to hear exclusively from Joe Zeriga and from George Teixeira. Of course, we want to hear from you guys on all our subjects today. You can email us, studio at chartonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at chartonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton Live, uh, Charlton Live forum and uh, find the thread on there about this evening's show to get in touch. Uh, right, but like I say, plenty, uh, plenty of stuff to go on today. Uh, first things first, though, we are primarily a football club and therefore we, we shall talk about the, the football. Uh, a defeat yesterday, Crispy, and, and what did you make of it? Yeah, I, I, frustration really. I think it's just kind of symptomatic of the last few weeks actually that we've played well, um, but we're not creating lots of chances and then we get done by a sucker punch. Um, Derby, I'm sure, you know, from, from what I saw... I really don't think they're going to win the playoffs because I don't think they were a very attractive team to watch, even though the manager treated it like they won the Champions League at the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just another one of those frustrating days down here that sums up the season, isn't it, really? Yeah, it was interesting that the celebrations from Vassal at the end. <laughs> I was speaking to a Derby fan after the game and he says he's not actually been that impressed with him uh, so far. Um, the, the, the way the, the game went, Lewis, I mean, people... So a lot of people thought that the performance was okay. I mean, we were in that camp, and I, I thought we were, there, there were some half chances. There. I, I was I wasn't enthralled. It wasn't it wasn't a great game, was it? It wasn't at all. Uh, the first half was was pretty dull. But I mean, going back to what Crispy said as well, it just shows that how we how we can play again. I mean, Derby are up there. I don't know how they're up there because I didn't think they played that well yesterday at all. But it shows that we can compete against sides like that. And I thought we were sort of robbed a little bit yesterday with the goal. Uh, I thought uh, Teixeira's goal should have stood. And obviously we concede straight afterwards, and it's just we called that straight away where we were sitting. We were like, they'll score now. Yeah, and I mean, they that, did. That, that was the, the 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 space of two minutes or so where pretty much the majority of the action happened. We saw uh, was it a flicked header from Lookman uh, when it went onto the post. Uh, seconds later, yeah. the ball came over to Shera's goal disallowed. I mean, that goal we see we'll, we'll hear from George Shera later on in the show, uh, and and he didn't think it should have been disallowed, and, and it sounds like you guys don't think either. No, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. So I mean, the, 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 I, I don't know. I haven't actually watched the football league show yet, so I don't know if they showed the goal on there. But I, I saw yeah. a replay in here, and I don't know. At, at the time, I thought just from where I was, I thought he's gone into the keeper there. But at, and you see the replay; it looks like Carson's already falling backwards. And whether he's even thrown the ball in himself or, or George has actually got his, his, his head onto it. But well, one of the Derby players was the other side of Scott as well. I was just I, I thought of you yesterday, Louis, with Scott Carson. Because you always seem to uh, <laughs> forget it's him, but um, when um, yeah, uh, where they the three of them kind of went up at the same time because I watched it on the football leg show this morning, and um, yeah, it definitely wasn't a foul. So I don't yeah. know why why the uh, referee, mind you, why some of the decisions, a lot of the decisions he made, um, yeah, a lot again, a lot. some quite odd. I know it's a lot of people weren't that impressed with Darren Bond's like performance yesterday. <coughs> no, he wasn't good at all. I don't think he didn't, didn't do much for me refereeing. But it seemed, that's two weeks in a row now that we've had decisions mm. go against us at QPR last week. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> their their goal shouldn't have stood the first one. They, even mm. even they admitted it shouldn't have stood. They played the half time music yeah. when it went in because they thought <laughs> the ref blown the whistle to go down the tunnel. But yeah. um, uh, Johan uh, back into the in the starting up line, line up yesterday. I thought he played alright I mean you can always see when he has got the ball the quality he's shown the frustration for me again was I didn't really get why he was playing behind Igor and it was Callum on the right because there was numerous times where Harriet got, tries to get to the byline and then he he hasn't got a right foot he's a left footed player so for me that didn't make sense given that I think he's had his most success when he's played alongside Igor up top uh, earlier on in the season so that was a, another strange one for me I know he did it against QPR but I, I still don't get that one really for, for me 
Uh, Callum himself, though, a player who's we, we we seem to end up talking about Callum pretty much every week on this show. He's 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 one of the, he's, he's one of the most involved players. He, he's one of the only players who will look to actually run with the mm. ball, and and you give him great credit for that. And it's, it's some, sometimes decision making comes into question. But I, I, I thought he was you know, he's okay yesterday. Again, sometimes final ball was was what let him down. Is he is he out of contract in the, at the end of the? Yeah, he will be. Yeah, so that'll be so, interesting. Yeah, because in League One. Oh, it'll He'd be, be a ripping, great player for us. Ripping teams apart well, in League we, One. We saw he was doing it for Colchester, even yeah. though they're they're a team that's they're they're the Cholton of League One. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're right down there at the bottom, and, and he was getting assists and, and goals for them. So yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. The winning goal, uh, the twentieth goal we've conceded from a corner this uh, this season, which is incredible when you think about it. Twenty just from corners. Um, seven, uh, either seven or eight of those have come from Jose or Optra have made it 20 I don't know if they're counting there's one up at Sheffield Wednesday where the, a corner was sort of half cleared I assume they're not counting that uh, when Barr then stuck in an own goal when, when it came back into the box but, so it's, it's, it's probably seven under Jose I mean people have got the impression that it's improved under Jose but it's, 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 still, no. it's still there isn't it yeah it really has it wasn't a pretty goal really was it and we kind of summed up the game to be quite, to be quite honest I thought I think I don't think we won the first header, but I don't really know how Johnny Russell had pretty much the freedom of the six-yard box to kind of put it past Nicky Pope, um, who actually I think we probably mentioned this, but Nick Pope, what a double save in the first half! That was, yeah, that was un- really unbelievable. Good. But yeah, the, the set piece, the defending is is has been poor all season. It's kind of summed it up once again how the season's gone, and it, it isn't really changing no matter who you have at the back. Mm. I think we've we've got stronger at the back, um, but there's still that weakness, and I don't really know how it's gonna. It doesn't seem to be seem mm. to be. Turn it I think people are probably thinking that in some respects the performances have been slightly more positive under Jose and that might be what it is. Um, and then obviously getting those wins against um, some of the bigger sides like Middlesbrough. I think that's why maybe people are thinking that, that we are slightly better under Jose but it's still pretty much like yesterday, like you're saying, it's pretty it's, it's no coincidence to me though. I mean, in the last few weeks we've had Mick McCarthy and and Wassel both said it that, that you know that they've played not that their position shows where they where they are. Yeah. Um, we have got better under under Riga. I still firmly believe that if Riga had been given the job in October rather than Carol Fry for three months, then I don't think we'd be in this situation because I think there was there's more of a team there's more heart on the pitch that would fight and get points where we would have rolled over um, under under Fry. So, uh, you know, it's just that's the frustration is those three months in the I, middle for me. I've got some things to say in defence of Carol, though, because I know it keeps coming up. When the team. No, but the team, it keeps coming up, and I think it's really unfair that he inherited an unfit squad. He, he, had, he had a squad that was way too small. I don't forget, Jose's had the likes of Motta, Fanny, but you know, numerous players have come in, and, and Carol. And their confidence was yeah. at rock bottom, and I think in some respects they set him up. To fail. It is, but That's I mean, my Carol, opinion. Carol, I know people will disagree yeah, with yeah, me. Poyer and uh, what's his name? Rojo. Rojo yeah, Johnson, and Reese Williams, Williams all came in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Carol, Carol did get to make three signings, and those signings didn't haven't affected the team positively in any way. Williams was good at uh, good at Hull if he was in a Hull shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, you can see both sides of that. I mean, yeah. Car- Carol. I mean, no matter what Carol says, he was completely underqualified to try and do this job. So uh, and and whereas he wasn't given the tools, um, he, he still you still don't think he would be in a position to try and do anything ab- about this. I, I know it's kind of hypothetical, but if Riga had come in maybe in, in October, would he have been in a position to go and get a players earlier, like free transfers? And you know, Motta has been a free tra- or free agent for a while. Rod Fanning has mm-hmm. been a free agent for a while. Would he, you know, 
we, I suppose we don't really know what happened behind the scenes, do we? But it's mm. Carol Fry just saying, yeah, of course, I'm going to work you know, under whatever you want me to, whereas Riga has come in and said, I need players. Would that have maybe happened in October? I know it's all hypothetical, but... That, I think there's just a lot of frustrations, isn't it? I mean, we know there's a lot of frustrations, but I, I still see those three months as that, that major issue as to where we we're, where we are now, really. Mm. We're in this uh, this horrible situation now where we know that uh, the, the, the the game is up uh, and, and Tuesday could be the day. Are you going? Yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm oh, there. Can't enjoy. wait. Enjoy. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird situation, isn't it? Um, it might not happen on Tuesday, but I think... The likelihood is it probably will. Uh, even if we win, it just it just needs a couple of other teams to, to pick up some form of result and and, and we'll struggle. But it, it'll just be the, the culmination of, of of what just despite performances improving of late of, of what's just been a horrible horrible year. Yeah, not not, not it's just yeah, it has been an awful year. We all know that. I mean, in some ways, I think it. It might be easier easier for the players a little bit if it, we do go do go down on Tuesday because let's face it we're not going to have lots going up to Bolton. Fair play to the fans who do. Um, but you know if it's if it happens next Saturday here at the Valley, then you know the atmosphere is going to be I, I don't know it might might be quite a nasty be, nasty experience to, to yeah, have at the end. It'll be so. quite interesting, yeah. And I think we need to, again we've we've talked about this in the past about the age of some of our players and how we need to think actually if we've got any hope of keeping hold of some of our young talent we need to continue supporting them whatever the result is well until the inevitable happens really but we need to still like look after those boys because they are still so young I mean I had, a, I had a massive disagreement with someone in the stands at QPR because they were Slating Morgan Fox, and I didn't <gasps> think he had that bad of a game at QPR. Really? He got applauded yeah, off no, at Morgan. He's improved in recent yeah. weeks. Yeah, actually. yes. Um, but this guy was singing, you know, singing the the Pirate song about Morgan Fox being the reason that we're getting relegated, and I, I sort of just turned around and told him to shut up. Yeah. But um, I was just well, like, who would you play there? And he yeah. went, yeah. Holmes Dennis. I was like, he's in Oldham. Was like, who yeah. would you play there? Suck Young. He sat there. Yeah. <laughs> like, who would you play? And he obviously couldn't. Well, yeah, because he wasn't allowed to play at Cuba yeah. anyway, was he? Yeah. But I, I have the same. Where I see it, there's some there are guys uh, who just uh, have got it in. I think some of our fans always pick a player to pick on, and theirs happens to be Morgan. And yesterday, I mean, he, he, I thought he'd done decent yesterday. I thought he played really well. And there, he, I, there was like one mistake that I saw, and straight away they was on his but, back. All the time he does well, they don't say yeah. a word. Not, oh, well, like, I'm mm. shouting, oh, well done, like, all that sort of stuff. They don't open their mouths. As soon as he does one thing wrong, they're like, and I think at one point he kicked it out for a throw-in because he had no options. And they're like, oh, I'm all good, get him off and all this. And I just think, oh, just <laughs> he could play. He home. could play the game of his life and no one would ever vote for him to be man of the match. And that's quite sad because he's, he's, people, I think they do forget how young he is. Mm-hmm. In this in this team, yeah. you know how we've done this year and stuff. He's sort of taken all the grief I feel towards the players. Anyway, I I don't see any player on that pitch who's had had more grief than him this exactly. year. Exactly, and it's unfair. Cause yeah, he's, he's not that old. Made the most appearances as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, let's hear from Jose Riga. He came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game, and uh, I was uh, I don't normally sit in on those interviews, but I'd done everything I needed to do, so I just came and sat, sat in and watched Terry do the interview. Um, and uh, I've ne- I've never seen Jose get this frustrated um, over a refereeing decision. I think it's all it's all sort of coming home to him now. He knows that you know the, the race is run. So let's hear what uh, what Jose had to say when he spoke to Terry yesterday. And now joined uh, post derby by uh, Jose Riga and Jose. A little bit of deja vu here, as I've just mentioned. That George, we play uh, a top side, play well, and come away with nothing. Yeah. Again, I must say, again because. Um, 
I repeat from our last three games again as you said top side we did very well more than doing very well we create a lot of opportunities and of course if we see the only point we, we, we got from those last three games people who didn't see the game can expect that we were not really present in this through but uh, we were we were and we compete very well and again today i think that um, of course we deserve more <laughs> and we 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 deserve uh, to take the lead in the game that's also a clear situation that um, that have a lot of effects i mean on on the final result so yeah we have the pause we have the goal valid normally and after that certainly in the same moment and because disappointed because maybe a, just a lack of concentration we concede after that we push we push and we can make the difference i mean we can equalize we can but that's the story um and and yeah i think that a neutral spectator will never uh, think that we are in our position actually and cannot make a big difference between a team fighting for promotion or another one fighting for uh, to avoid the relegation so that's the story we've had uh, quite a few people over the last few games say pretty much exactly that uh, even uh, management of, of the opposition teams uh, and opposition players have said uh, oh, we can't believe you're down there but of course we are do yeah. you think the, um, the you, you mentioned the lack of concentration do you think the disallowed goal had the bearing on that lack of concentration because uh, I spoke to George uh, he couldn't understand why it wasn't given. Um, we've seen replays. We still can't understand why it wasn't given. Sure not. Have you have you managed to speak to the referee about it? Or yeah, that, during no during point? the game. But um, at this moment, I I, I wasn't. Um, uh, I, I cannot see, of course, uh, clearly. It's because when we came back in the dressing room after the game, I saw clearly that there was no fall. And it's not the first time, you know. Remember the penalty we conceded uh, against Bristol City, just to give an example. If we have to give this kind of penalty, I think we can give a lot, with each corner at least, or each free kick. So again, I think that people think it's quite normal that Charlton lose those games. But you know, it's not normal. We compete. We are equivalent, even sometimes much better. So... Of course, it's coming from a big frustration. And after that, you have this in mind. It's not easy to stay in the concentration because you see how difficult you can, you, you, how difficult it is to score and, and to take the lead against this kind of, 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 of team. We did it. So, yeah, certainly there is a lot in the goal we concede about the one that were not allowed. And is the sense of frustration echoed in the, in the changing room with the players? Are they, uh, are they angry and, uh, and, and upset that uh, their efforts go unrewarded because of incidents like that? Because, I mean, there were a few strange decisions today generally, but uh, that sure. was the key one. Sure, sure. And again, uh, that's also for me, let's say, a disappointment to see that as a referee, I mean, you have to look both teams as they are. Playing the game independently of the ranking, of course. I don't want to say nothing about the referee in general because I don't have to complain. And I think, um, I mean, they are all honest, loyal. They want to do their job as I do my job in the right way. But 
you know, when it happened one time, two times, yeah, it's too much. And certainly in our situation, we don't need that. For sure not. I suppose it's the sort of thing that if you're in the top of the table or mid-table, you can ride those sort of decisions because it, it doesn't affect you quite so much as it does when you're in our position. Sure, sure. That's what I'm repeating for, for from the beginning. I mean, we're not allowed to make any mistake, and even when we deserve, we're not sure to to receive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, um, I must say, I'm so proud of what the player are showing since yeah more than a few weeks now um and even with whenever you when you know some kind of situation big big frustrated situation in Ipswich in QPR and you're able to compete again against Derby and of course everybody was aware of the fixtures and then the big team that we have to face we are still to face but um, yeah, I'm I'm very proud of what the player show, not only through the passion, through the will, through the commitment, but through the the way we play. And speaking back on the pitch, um, the substitutions you made the, f- the first couple, I guess, are tactical. But we noticed uh, Adamola just limping a little bit um, prior to you taking him off. Was was that purely tactical, or, or has he got a knock? And, and if so, how is it? No, you know, I cannot put uh, eleven striker on the pitch. I have <laughs> to make some choices. What I always uh, look at this moment is also the fact that we we don't have to forget it. it's a young player giving a lot. So it's not the moment also to play the 10 minutes you don't have to play and, and, and get injured. I mean, I have different choices. I can I can also take out a column or, you know, many things happen. And the worst thing and the most difficult when you have to make some changes, it's when your team is still in the in the game and, and producing something. So sometimes you don't feel that you are pushed to make some changes, but you just do it because maybe uh, freshness can, can bring them some things. So no, no, I think... Of course, Adimola can do something, but but why not Burdich? We saw him, for example, uh, coming from the bench and giving some good crosses to Yaya Sanogo the previous game. And because Simon was on the pitch, I think that he can help us with the good crosses because it's one of his qualities. So behind of all what I do, there's always an ID and maybe more than an ID. So. No, it's good. I mean, the main, uh, um, pro- the main issue for that is that Adam Allen is, is good to go and, and, and still fit for, for selection uh, coming forward, which is the most important thing for us. I think so. I think so. We have to also to preserve. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a young player. He shows a lot. He knows that the, the, the way is still long because um, being completely professional, knowing exactly what he has to do, but um, yeah, he show he show very good thing, demonstrative thing. Of course, what people like, what fans like, and um, yeah, it's on the good way, I think. But uh, I repeat, we have also to protect him, and sometimes fifteen or ten minutes can can put a player in troubles. And if I saw him running, I saw that he was quite tired. But again, uh, I can take out Igor, and you will say the same because Igor is a striker. So I can take. After that, you have to make choice, and, and yes. I repeat because Simon was on the pitch. I was thinking that 
even in the short term, uh, Zach can bring some good crosses. Now, I'm just concerned because I saw Adam Ola limping after the challenge that uh, the referee spoke to him about. We saw him limping away from that and I didn't, didn't know if that was an effect uh, that, that, that could keep him out of the, the following yeah. games. That's just the simple reason for the question. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, going forward, of course, Tuesday, um, we're still in a similar position where we've got to win every game as, as probably we were before this one. Um, so we go again. Have you got uh, squad options uh, going to Tuesday? Um, is uh, Sonogo going to be in the frame for, for selection? Yeah, after 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 let's say this disappointment, uh, we will think um, tomorrow and we will assess um, the different kind of option we have to play Tuesday. On Tuesday, maybe maybe I am is part of the the other option. Um, Ahmed is playing again uh, and having time game with the under-21s, which is good. For Patrick Boer, it's too, too early. So, as I repeat always to those players who have known a long period of, of without playing, uh, I repeat always the same. The best way to prepare the next season is to end this season fully fit. Mm-hmm without thinking that we want to play a last game or two games before the end. No. We have to be sure that they will be fully fit. Well, you must be fed up with me saying it, but uh, obviously really bad luck, uh, hard luck today. Um, and, and good luck for, for Tuesday, of course. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thank, Thank you. you. What do you think about his shot? No, he tees up. Look, but into the penalty area. And there's number four. Back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening. We're looking back at yesterday's 1-0 defeat uh, against Derby uh, in amongst the, the TR spill all over the desk. We're going to be wading through that. <laughs> um, uh, we've got, we got a couple of tweets uh, coming. Uh, Freddie Saunders says, Morgan Fox hate is disgraceful. He's Charlton and so much pressure on his uh, shoulders for a youngster. Bob Liscombe says... Uh, forget Fry and Riga. Let's let's look forward to new owners, Lenny and new manager. Hopefully, Sir Chris Powell will come on to to those rumours uh, later on. Broken in the voice of the Valley yesterday, that excellent fanzine uh, that we all love. Uh, Peter Pierce says, "What me off is a lack of a decent striker." Uh, oh. <laughs> 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 uh, that was a straight through. Didn't even realise. <laughs> Enjoy oh, the podcast. Um, that's though. more work for me on the way home, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I have to beat that one out. Uh, when have we ever had a decent striker since Yan? Uh, Lewis says, more grief than Fox. I'd say McKeenock uh, at QPR. Uh, people booed him. Uh, Peter then goes on to say, if you've got a defence that makes uh, mistakes well, not good. Uh, no striker as well. Uh, we're doomed uh, and then the, we, I had a tweet into my personal account from someone suggesting that, that we'd gone a bit easy on the or the, let me try and find it Thomas said that you guys are aware we've lost 22 games this season right talk like this started in March and if all about bad luck of course I, I don't think we're really talking like that at all I mean I know I've already mentioned we've we conceded 20 from corners this season I've been I've been pretty scathing in, in the way that we've performed this mm-hmm. season Um 
I, I do think that we've played better recently and it's, it's just too late and we, we still haven't got results that we needed and we never would have caught up but yeah obviously I've realised that we've been awful all the season that's the reason we're going down Just going on to the um, Mackinac part though quickly I mean yeah he's had a, a lot of abuse as well and it was a shame yesterday because oh. I thought when he came on he won every header bar the free header he had the opportunity for in the, in, yeah. in the goal but every time he pumped it forward to him in that last 10 minutes I think, I think there was one way he won I think two headers on the trot that he really had no kind of right to, um, which is a shame because yeah. we, you know we, were, we had to go for it and we seemed to still kind of pass it around the back again. Yeah. Uh, which when you've got six foot seven up there, why are we not pushing yeah. it forward? There, there seems to be one point there. Yeah, I think it was a, a free kick or a corner that came into the air, or it might just be a cross where it seems to be right on McKeenock's head and he just completely yeah, missed he, it. Yeah, that's the only one he had. He was like yeah. free header, you know, towards goal, and he mm. yeah he headed the air. It's one of those ones where if, you know if that goes in, then it's a different story. Well, we've got plenty of. Um, of, of tweets and emails that have come in as well. Uh, we've got plenty to we've got plenty on tonight's show, so I'm going to just try and mix them up. I've got first one from uh, from Chris Davin. He sent it in uh, a couple of emails, uh, but the one today only covered one of his uh, issues, and the one yesterday covered them both. So I'm going to read him read out the one from yesterday because that's got them both. And it starts off with a uh, uh, hi boys, hi, uh, where to start? It has to be with cards, uh, pathetic offering today. Dress up as Arabs and camels carrying palm trees. It beggars belief what exactly is this supposed to achieve do this card lot think it's a big joke i don't so just on, on that point first obviously i mean the, 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 as far as i'm concerned the, there just wasn't a protest yesterday the card uh, didn't really do much apart from the camel thing um it, which obviously that's it is the camel thing isn't going to do anything the same as most things it was, it was just a bit of poking fun at katrina the fact that she what she went on this holiday uh, you know, which 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 got it's, it's got national. The, the fact that she's gone on this holiday got media coverage. I, I spoke about it on BBC London yesterday, which in turn meant that they spoke about it. That the camel thing was just a little, well, a little Mickey take. Um, it, 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 there's been a surprising amount of hate from from people who, you know, haven't. Um, haven't agreed with what happened yesterday with with the car stuff. I mean, it, don't forget it was the upbeat day yesterday. It was the, the, and there's a, a massive one by the sounds of it planned for the Brighton game. You can you can understand from both sides that I guess people really wanted to ramp it up. It was a bit there wasn't much going on yesterday, but you know that doesn't stop anyone going out there and doing it on themselves. I mean, it's uh, there's that, that as well. But the the, the camel thing is it's not it's not something really worth getting that angry about, is it? I think you're probably wasting your time if you're an angry person. It's just a bit stupid because it wasn't it wasn't really a planned card protest. It was just a few people from card having a bit of a laugh. So yeah. I don't really see why people are getting so wound up about it. It wasn't like they tweeted in saying everyone dress up as camels and Arabs today. It was only I like think, six of them, wasn't like it? Like you're saying as well, there was some individual, like little whatever individuals that decided that they wanted to do something. Uh, there was some stink bombs let off outside my reception. Now that's not... As far as I'm aware, I wouldn't have thought that was affiliated yeah, at all with cars because they're they're more respectful than that in in their protests. But um, but yeah, I, I, like Louis says, if people feel that passionately about it, then get up and do something about it yourselves. Yeah. Don't wait for them to be telling you what to do. Go and do something. The on, the only thing I believe yesterday was was not spending money in the ground on refreshments yeah. and those mm. sorts of things. I don't know how that went yesterday. I mean, I was walking up to the press part to do the co- uh, commentary and I had a look and there was a bit of a queue outside for mm. refreshments and that. That, I, mean, I know a lot of the bars were doing it it's outside, tell, when, when, when you see a, a boycott like that people will go up and see a queue and they think oh it hasn't worked but I think you, the, if the queue is probably half, half as long as it's normally I've, I've done when I go up in the West Upper often we'll, we'll go down to get a cup of tea or something at half time from the press room 
and you're wading through people. And yesterday, it wasn't as bad. You know, I, I think it makes a difference, if not a full difference. I mean, Card are never going to get everyone. There's obviously people who don't agree with Card out there, mm. uh, and people who are detractors from Card, uh, people who are just slightly upset, like like Chris yeah, it was it was yesterday. Um, but the, no one's ever going to get everyone. But I think it's it's important, really. If you're if you're really serious about wanting the owners to change, if if, that, if that's what you really want, and you're not just in it for yourself, then surely you want to try and be part of something that everyone can can pull together and if cards cards remit is to get Roland out of the club and i know i was chatting to someone a, a few weeks ago on on dms on twitter he said oh, i i went to card with this suggestion which was nothing to do with getting Roland out of the club it was a suggestion about trying to work with Roland. i was like, i was sort of thinking well, why why on earth would they they wouldn't want to do that because that's not what they're about they're a, they're a protest group aimed at trying to get Roland out of the club they're not they're not a democracy of all the fans to see that is their remit the, the, the trying donate, to work with yeah. Roland has, has, has happened and, it, <laughs> and hence why we're at this point now mm. so I think I think the target 20,000 people are the ones to join if that's if that's the sort of side you're on in terms of trying to work with the club yeah. um to make things better that's the organization that were told apparently they'd, they'd met with Roland and spoke to him even though they hadn't Mm-hmm. So that just kind of sums up where we are, and that's why we're at this point now. Yeah, right. Let's uh, let's get back to uh, to the rest of Chris' email, Chris's emails. He says, "I went. I first went to the Valley in 1972. Seen loads of ups and downs, but mostly downs until the last 20 years or so. Three home games to go. Surely it was time to resort. Still talking about the protest. Still to, to ramp it up with the protest. But let's not bother. Uh, I hear that Card said they didn't want to upset the the, the upbeat." Uh, song of the upbeat day what nonsense the walk would have had no bearing on it whatsoever a protest feeble excuse so there you go uh, like I say I've, I've sort of explained what, what I believe what was going on this is Katrine must have loved it today back from a holiday no chance protest so ease back into a job nice and easily uh, an absolute own goal from Car today anyone who thinks different is from a different planet I mean that's obviously your opinion Chris and like I say I, I can see I can see why people were disappointed at the same time you, you, if you want to do something then like you say feel free to go out and do it no one's stopping you you don't have to do what Card do if you want to go to the effort of you creating a protest group that like Card have done and don't, don't think that, that what they do happened overnight um, you know I, I, I have done various interviews with people because uh, with Card specifically because they're, they are the ones who have made the headlines. They are the ones who have meetings. They are the ones who have really good marketing for what they want to try and do. They are the ones who who, de- who deserve interviews. You know, um, if you want to try and build up that sort of momentum for a group of your own that will be whatever more more militant or more, you know, whatever you however you see fit, then, then feel free to do it. I know it's very it's very easy to to get out there and and to just moan about what other people do when you're not doing anything as much yourself and I'm sure Chris will be would be one of the first people down the front of the protest when it's there and, and I, su- I support him in that because I think you know anyone who wants to go and protest do so but I think it's, it's quite difficult it's, it's a difficult balance to take to just moan at people when it hasn't gone perfect every day I mean there's card protests I think have been damp squids especially like the, the banner one against Bristol City was a bit of damp squid and, mm. and, and I'm not afraid to say it but to go all out and just to try and there's some people out there who want Carter to disband after that. I mean, that, that's pathetic. It's ridiculous because they got so much coverage on the Borough game <coughs> with the beach balls that after that, that's what triggered all the media coverage. That's what triggered the stupid statement from Roland and what triggered statements from the club. So I don't see how people can knock them after one week. And I, I think the the thing about no chance, there, there were chance all the way through the game. Mm. So I don't think... Again, Chris, I'm not I'm not sure where you sit, but I I sit in the lower west and I could hear them clearly coming from the the north upper, um, and also we have to respect the upbeats. Um, 
we have a club that's really proud, uh, proud of the the community setup we've got and the hard work that's gone into working with these young people that have got Down syndrome. So why would we create an atmosphere that wasn't a celebration of what the clubs achieved mm. through through that work? Yeah. Um, and and not only that, when people are have got difficulties like that you don't want that horrible atmosphere for them you want them to enjoy their day and it not to be about people being angry and and like if they get abusive or whatever so that would be what i would say about the yeah. upbeat side. uh mike tyson says on twitter he said who paid for the camel outfits then us and obviously the i understand that the camel outfits came out of the um from, from what i read on on i think it was from uh rico fold on, on the forum so that it, it did come out of the card fund. I mean, obviously, when, when, once you've donated to card, it's, it's, you're, you're sort of agreeing that it's up to them what they spend their money on. Yeah. And you can go, to, you can give them ideas. There's plenty, there's plenty of ways you can give them ideas. If you, if you, um, you know, if, if you've donated, uh, Mike, and and feel like you you want to give them some sort of idea, then I'm sure you, you can go to them and, and they'll they'll try and listen to you. It, you know, the, it, all their ideas get debated and, and whatnot. Um, it was a very very relatively minor cost for them. Um, and I, I just do not see what what good can possibly come out of like picking apart every single thing they do, as if it's the end of the world. I mean, we're all together against Roland. There's there's some people out there who are just completely trying to stir it because they have personal uh, indifferences with perhaps Rick. I mean, Rick's a, a, a character a lot, a lot of people don't get on with. I I don't really know him. I spoke to him about three times, but I, you understand a lot of people find find that Rick rubs you up the wrong way. But I will tell you what, he's bloody good at, and that is what we, what they card are trying to do now. The, um, I think yeah. I think the uh, the other thing with Card, obviously, I'm not involved with any of it, but I think the thing with Card is they're going very much on a a, a scheme that is respected. It doesn't lower to abuse or things that are going to harm people. So if that's what you want, then set your own thing up because that ain't what Card's about. Yeah. Um, uh, business now uh, tweets in saying we really need to push hard now to get Roland Murray and Mayor out yesterday was about the upbeats. Peter Pierce says, uh, nothing wrong with cards so long as those who don't want card are listened to uh, as well. And that, that's true. Like I say, I mean, those who don't want card are listened to on this show. They'll, they'll be listened to by the club, probably more more so than card. Um, card themselves, they're a protest group against Roland de Chatelet. They're not going to wait. They're not waiting for someone to come in and say, oh, I like Roland. And they're going to go, oh, you like Roland. All right, 50% of us like Roland now. They're not going to do that. They're a protest group. You need to understand they're, they're not they're not the government. You, you can't vote for them. You know that that's what it is. And I think you know there's there's people out there who are trying to make this into something that it that it isn't, or even try and make it about themselves because they don't like people like Rick. And I keep saying Rick because I assume I assume that he, he's always <laughs> he's, he's always the one that gets named. You like say I don't I don't I don't know Rick that well. I spoke to him about three or four times. Uh, and when I chuck over my, my two quid for his, for his uh, Voice of the Valley fanzine. Uh, right, let's um, let's have a... Oh, did we get all the way through Chris's email? <coughs> Sorry. Um, no. No, right, there's more of it then. <laughs> uh, right, on to the game now. It says, as for the game, usual fair of late, lot of huff and puff, little quality, go a goal down, and that was really it. Uh, Derby were no great shakes, but didn't need to be. As for Riga, useless as ever. Motta for Solly when chasing the game, really. Bergditch on for Lookman, no sign of Jacko. I'd happily show Riga the door... If this regime stays, bring the bloke from Hungary who can't speak English would be a laugh. And as Card <laughs> seems to be in it for a laugh, then they may as well be. Again, like I say, it was one. It was one week where they tried to do something a bit a bit different. It didn't. It didn't attract the attention that obviously these uh, some people would like. But like I say, there's no point in going over and over again. 
in my view. Uh, uh, think Card are allowing a protest. Again, allowing a protest. You can do what you want, Chris. No one's stopping you doing anything. Uh, next week, though, I supported they could change their minds. Uh, too many egos involved for me amongst them, and if today is the best they can do, then they don't bother. Well, clearly, the best they can do is the things we've seen the all season. And, they've, yeah. gra- they've garnered massive national coverage. I mean, again, I really don't think that this... I really think that this um, this is a bit out of order. This, this they, uh, they all took days off to go to the the sponsors. Yeah, day to you know, and that that's that's people's livelihood. That's them taking days off work out of their mm. own annual leave to support the club. I don't see how people can criticise that. Uh, he says, whilst I urge fans not to give Roland any cash, I'd urge you not to give Card any eras. They can't be trusted to spend it wisely. And I say, Chris, I have to admit, I I don't agree with the majority of that because Card are the only people who've, who've done anything positive at all in terms of getting fair. And I think. Slagging, <coughs> slagging them off uh, amongst the Charlton, uh, you know, just a, a handful of Charlton fans, I think it's a real shame. So. I, I think a part of it as well, just sitting here thinking about this, that do we, if we keep doing these big things every game, if Card keep doing that, then do we run the risk of losing sympathy from the football family? Because at the moment, the, the things that we have done has really been embraced by the football community, like other fans of other clubs. If we keep doing that, it's, it's almost like you'd think, would they go, oh, they're at it again. Oh, what have they done this time? Do you know what I mean? At least you you have those powerful messages mm. I know, I know, I know what you mean. Do I you know what I mean? People, people get bored of it if, if we're, they're doing the same thing every time. And that's why, I mean, you saw like the... Um, uh, the, the behind the West Ends process they, they started to die yeah, down after died, a while because yeah. Mm, yeah. E- even if Card said people just weren't going to because it was the same thing over and over um, the, uh, the, 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 the only negative feedback I've seen from any one of our protests uh, was the fan who pitch invaded and I, I feel really sorry for that fan in particular because he was under the impression because of what someone said on the forum that, and again not Card related that 200 people were going to follow him on and he, he was let down by 200 people whoever said that I've got 200 people well, there, like, there were around 200 here at the front of that for that, for that yeah. whole first half and I thought something's going to happen here and then yeah. it was just the one guy with so, the goal so, so he, he chose the wrong time yeah, to he, do he, it he as well time, he was let he. down but he was let down by the people who said they were going to do yeah. it and didn't but at the same time he got bad coverage because he was more aggressive towards the players and that's the only bad bit of coverage I've seen and that's why you have to be careful not you know, to, to I mean, chuck, chuck in bottles around that, that sort of thing that, that a more militant approach is not going to win you fans in the press uh, or amongst other football fans. The, the thing I find offensive, <coughs> and I, I know a lot of the North Upper do sing it, is the song about Catrian, and I find it disgusting. We're, we're a club, we're a family club, we've got a lot of female supporters, and to hear a song like that, no matter how you feel about it, it's just it's disgusting. Mm. I know people won't stop singing it, because mm. they think it's funny, or whatever it is, and they think they're getting to her. Yeah. But... It's, it, they're, they're the things that upset me. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Katrine song is one of those things that you, you do get a lot of people singing it, and uh, I think I think it's almost a waste. I mean, uh, th- there's so much more to go on with Katrine <laughs> than, than just uh, coming out with some sort of like a bit well, of a sexy song. Well, again, it's you know? one of them things. Uh, how are you going to get respect mm. if you're lowering yourself to calling her mm. that name? Yeah, I mean, if you if how you, is anyone going to listen to yeah, you? Because that's what pe- people on the outside. That's what they're going to see and hear. Mm. And we're, we're, we're lucky that, um, as, Trump, as protesting Charlton fans, we're lucky that that song hasn't been picked up in the media. And, but it, it never will be because it's not, it's not witty, it's not clever, it's not the sort of stuff that Card have done, which, which has, has gained so much media coverage, mm. you know. Um, the, it's, well and, it's well and truly out there in the national press yeah. about Roland de Chatelet now. I mean, I think, I, think I, I know it's a 
well-respected uh, newspaper, but The Sun today had a uh, a poll about the eight, eight owners in English football who is the most hated out of all of them. So it's Oyston, De Châtelet, mm-hmm. Lerner, Cellino. I think I think De Châtelet was up second at the the vote at mm-hmm. that point. I, I think because a lot of people have realised that what what he's about and, and it doesn't make sense from a football side of things it's not you know he's not running it as a football club is he he's running it as a business and we're and we're just the kind of puppets who come and pay the money yeah right uh, Marion says that she agrees with Sue and, and Pete on uh, Super Addict on card uh, Brian Haynes says that he likes angry Louis uh, <laughs> I've turned green I'll take my shirt off uh, Ray it's Bates a new character yeah Ray Bates who we're going to hear from later on in the show uh, says yesterday was the upbeats day. No scarves, shirts, etc. On the, on the walk in, in terms of Cardi says uh, get yourselves down to Sparrows Lane and meet them, and you'll see why. And we'll hear why later in the show because we're, we're going to speak to Ray. Uh, he's got a, a dog called Bailey who's who's exceptionally well trained. To uh, he, he 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 doesn't mind kids patting him and going you know playing around with him. He, he's really genteel and so he's really well trained and he, he goes and visits the uh, the upbeats he's like their sort of unofficial mascot now you have to, you have to uh, tell, tell me Ray but I'm pretty sure it was named after Nikki Bailey as yeah well. it was yeah. 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 so also sadly the dog's not very it's good a yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a it's a big it's a big dog. German shepherd dog into Rose Ed, yeah. and we're, we'll hear yeah. from we'll hear from the from Ray and his dog later on in the show we're also going to hear from Darren Bent is coming up uh, we're going to hear from uh, various legends who are on that that walk uh, yesterday now we're going to hear from George Chichera he came in to speak to um, uh, to Terry after yesterday's game he's not too happy about his goal being disallowed I'm joined in the studio by uh, George Deschere is that the right pronunciation George first of all yeah, it's very good <laughs> thank you uh, after a disappointing 1-0 uh, defeat at home to Derby and a little bit of deja vu George where we've uh, played well again against a, a top side and come away with nothing yeah it's true uh, we knew uh, Derby's a strong opponent they come for a few victories in the good games also we we knew what you have to do. The coach told us everything, but in the end, it's always the same situation. We got one more goal by corner, and uh, we are the only responsible for this defeat. We always feel in the, every game that we can uh, we can win each game, and uh, we get in every game, and we get in their room, and everyone is disappointed with the result, and uh, we know that we deserve more. But that's football. We have to take responsibilities and. Uh, and now I have to think uh, next game. I've got to talk to you about the goal, not the one necessarily that we conceded, but just before that, there was uh, your goal at the other end that was disallowed. And from where we were standing, we thought that was uh, uh, well harsh in the extreme. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the coach come to speak with me now in the end. They say it was, uh, was a clean goal. Uh, in that time, uh, I just remember to jump. I don't remember to touch the goalkeeper. But uh, yes, I cannot do that anymore. I think it was a goal also, and everyone confirmed now in the end. And it was pity that the referee didn't say it. Uh, and that goal would have added to your tally already. And you've, uh, you've 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 looked like every time you've gone forward for set pieces, uh, you now look like you're you're keen to score and, and look possible to score. Yeah, I try to. We make in the trainings a lot of these. Uh, we practice a lot, and uh, I try to move in the area. Uh, I know the opponents are. Uh, they look also for me and. Uh, but uh, like I said, I try to move and look for the opportunity. And uh, this situation, I score, but the referee didn't want it. <laughs> We've played, uh, especially at the back, um, much better in the last uh, five or six weeks. Certainly since your partnership with Rod Fanny uh, in the central pairing, you must be enjoying playing alongside Rod. Yeah, I think we are playing very well. The team also is stronger now. I think, like I said before, we we feel every game we can win the game. We don't uh, see the opponents create a lot of uh, opportunities to score. But uh, in the end, we always get some uh, stupid goal, and 
and uh, we cannot do more. And but like I say, like you say, me and Rod, you are working well. We try to play always. We try to play good football, and uh, and yeah, we try to do our best. Well, I appreciate you coming to join us. You must uh, you must have uh, have got the good reaction from the crowd since since you've been here because you've certainly become a favourite with your performances. And uh, hopefully you'll continue that in the next few weeks. Yeah, just uh, like uh, I try to give my best, like every club I pass, and uh, the fans know that they can count with me in the pitch, and uh, I, I give everything always. Sometimes it's better than other times, but like uh, my my heart and my head is always with the club where I am, and uh, I give everything for the club. Well, appreciate you coming to see us. You must be disappointed, but uh, thanks for taking the time to come. Thank in. you. Thank and, you. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you. Cheers. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across to Benigaine. And there's a goal. Joe have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball ball across the penalty area. Picked out Benigaine, who buried his chance. And Charlton 2-1 up. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening. Right, uh, I'm going to hop back onto the email. So, uh, did you get into email, Sue? Yeah. Yeah, do you want to do the one from Nicola at the top? We'll start off with that one. Or do you want me to do that and you go for the, you get ready for the next one? I'll, I'll do, do I'm, in, I'm in it. All right, all right. Go, go for Nicola then. Hi, Nicola. Hi. Right, she says, hi, guys. Went to the game yesterday. Referee was an utter joke. I know we are as good as down, but you don't need a referee to disallow a good goal. Thought Derby were unimpressive, but what is annoying a lot of these teams is that have to come to the valley this year do not look much better than us. But it just goes to show there is a very fine line between success and failure. And obviously, this season for us has been a total failure. Still, let's hope we can put up a bit of a performance against Brighton next Saturday. Nicola from Ainsford, I'm really sorry. Not, I didn't mean to laugh then properly. <laughs> um, I, I just think that's. That's just going to be such a hard game. Well, the, the Brighton, Brighton game. game. Well, it's very interesting. I mean, whether, I mean, whether we do or don't go down on Tuesday, I'm not. I'm not certain what will happen. We can do. We, we we might get away with it for another day, but we, we will be down by after the Brighton game. I'm saying mm-hmm. that. And uh, oh, it, it is going to be horrible. I mean, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's going to be sad. That that's going to be the overriding thing. But there's going to be there's so much anger in the ground, and there's going to be. I'm, I'm sure there's quite a lot of protest planned. Well, is it the frustration is we keep saying. I mean, Dark Derby came down. They were very unimpressive, and they've had that with quite a lot of teams here. And it sums up how un- uh, sorry avoidable this relegation actually is. Because it's actually one of the poorest championships I think it's for for a while, mm. and there's a lot of a lot of games where we should have picked up points, especially in you know, the, you know look at the Bristol City MK Dons games under under Riga, but the games under now I'm going to mention his name again Fry, but it's it's so so frustrating when you see some of these teams come down here that are doing so well, and you think actually we're we're as good as them, we, you know we can be as good as them, we should be picking up points, and it's yeah very frustrating, yeah. It's so horrible the Brighton game. Yeah, right. Uh, I've got an email from from Danny Traffham, which uh, which I'll read out. It's a long one, but he, he sent this in before yesterday's game. Uh, but it's a long one. It's from a, a, a long-time podcast listener. It says, uh, A thoroughly disappointing season for me. By far 
the worst. I've started supporting Charlton in the 80s at primary school. One of my teachers was Norris's wife, so we got a few tickets from time to time. Rob Lee showed us around uh, when he made the first team. I ventured to the worst stadium in Norwood every home game and also went to West Ham after we agreed to share with them. We've had some uh, lucky Lenny Houdini escapes before uh, falling into the second tier. I marched for Back to the Valley and attended a number of public meetings to give support for us to return to SC7. The Valley Party... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We helped convince Greenwich Council to allow us to play, uh, to play back at our famous ground, a great night when the announcement was made. <clears throat> Excuse me. I saw the first game back at the Valley with my dad, with us beating Pompey in '92. I remember they gave up most of their ticket allocations, so we could only, as we could only allow 8k in the ground. I was going home and away during the 1990s and saw the true Charlton uh, we know grow under Curbs and Co. Uh, one of the best days of my life was watching this game promotion at Wembley and enjoying the Premier League years during the 2000s. Before I emigrated to Australia, I saw Curbs get an ovation uh, at his last game, something I'm sure that doesn't happen regularly in football. Being an expat, he's, he's out in Australia, uh, has its pros and cons. Lots of pros bringing my family up in Australia. The cons not being able to attend home and away games. If I'm lucky to get to see a few live games on TV or I have to listen to the commentary, one of the things I sorely miss. Over the Christmas period, I managed to take my wife and girls to their first game at the Valley. We lost against Wolves, <coughs> Excuse me, but they know the worst of Valley Floyd Road and enjoy the day out. Charlton is in my blood. The team will always be part of me. This regime has no idea how to run a football club and most importantly communicate with us fans. It pains me to see what this regime is doing. If it was a proper business, the leadership team would have been removed a year ago. The worst kind of leader, in my opinion, is an arrogant one who doesn't listen. I'm not sure when or how this regime will end, but I feel if it was in a relationship, I'd be getting divorced. Like many fans, sometimes you have to do the right thing and make a stand. We have all choices to make during the summer, to buy or not to buy a season ticket or even attend games or sign up to Charlton Player, etc. I don't have all the answers, but one thing I do know is that Roland and co. have to go. Then we can start again, bringing experience back into our club. Uh, he says, cheers from Daniel Traffin, aged 41 and three quarters. Uh, P.S. I'm an avid Chuck and I podcast listener. Keep up the good work. Thanks for your, nice your, email, your email, Danny. That's, uh, I mean, it's interesting that we, we, we talk about passion of the fan base and that there's fans who live all the way down under in, in Australia and, and they still feel the same. Mm. It's, yeah, it, that's a, I couldn't have put that better myself, really. Mm. Uh, that's a brilliant, brilliant email. Um, it, it's, it's a fair point with the whole kind of to buy or not to buy. I mean, I, I don't know. Lewis, Lewis will 
what you're kind of planning. Or... I've renewed already. See, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm, I haven't done it yet. I, pro- I probably will because I, I, I can't help mm. but love coming down here and supporting my team. And I'd go down with my dad and my brother and have a drink and I, I enjoy the day. But there is that, that part of you that kind of goes, I really don't want to put any money in the in the pockets of this club, of this regime at this moment in time. So it's a, re- it's a real difficult summer, I think, for everyone, un- unless things change. Yeah, right. Uh, MISAFC says, uh, my daughter... Uh, Ellie just said that she wants Roland out to stop her brother singing the songs around the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, someone's had enough of the protest. Uh, the songs. Have you got? Have you got another email lined up, Sue? Yeah. Do, uh, do you want me to read, Mark? <coughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Evening, folks. Firstly, can I start with a plea to the Upper North guys? Please stop trying to throw things onto the pitch. It's not great sitting behind the goal being pelted with sweets, sprouts and coins. I've seen quite a bit recently. If you want to throw money, write a cheque and make it payable to me before you launch it. Thought we made Derby look average and like everyone else, I can't understand the non-allowance of a goal. But after the ref fell for Tom Daly Ince's dive with relish, just knew what we would get from him. When you see some of the teams who have avoided relegation this season, it is heartbreaking, as we could have done so much better. Playing Derby always seems like watching X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, as they seem to do a selection of other teams' hits, recognising at least five you associate with other teams, and I'm surprised I didn't hear them singing a version of Valley Floyd Road. It's only because Forrest sing that. Best thing about yesterday, seeing the upbeats, the joy these guys show always brings me a big, ugly, hard-boiled chef to tears. That's why we go on trying to protect our club from disappearing. Cheers, Mark. P.S. Any preference for cake? Ooh, yeah, because he's bringing in cake for us. So I, know, I like all cake, Mark. You're, yeah, you're the chef, any, yeah. Anything you cook, <laughs> anything Mark. Anything you want, yeah. Right. <clears throat> Had some tweets in from Tom Roper. He was the one who said... Uh, uh, earlier on, that that we 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 were making it sound like like it was only luck in the last three months. So, per- like I say, personally, I I know it's not bad luck that we're going down. I know it's a systematic, dreadful running of this club. Uh, but he goes on to say it's not just that; it's the concern the narrative from the club is leaning towards luck and the what if uh, with Riga scenario. And everyone needs to be on board that multiple decisions, of course, is downfall over the past two years. Not just, for example, the decision to give Fry three months in charge. And I guess um. People do try and I mean, we we know it all adds up to it's it's all add up to the last two years have just been crazy at this club. It's it's all over the place. But people try and look at this season singularly and say, well, you know, if Fry hadn't done that for three months, uh, you know, these are all decisions that the Ronald have made, and we understand that. And I think, um, you know, we, we we're not we're not we're not we're not thinking that oh, if, if the Fry is the only bad decision he's made. But I think we're just sometimes people just look at it from this season specifically as as what goes on. So perhaps you got that. Uh, Thomas, he, he then carries on to say, didn't want to upstage the upbeats uh, yesterday, but Mayor Holiday was time to relevant, so stage fancy dress to poke fun. It was simple. Uh, please tell Chris uh, that donations are to are uh, to cause of ideas. You can't uh, then ask for your money back when it's not uh, uh, when you don't like how it's displayed. So it's sort of uh, replying to, to Chris Davin's uh, email. Excuse me, earlier uh, in the show. Right, Business Now says, Great email from the Aussie expat Danny. As fans, uh, as a fan since 1966, I've shared most of the moments he mentioned. Uh, and uh, and then uh, MICFC says, uh, says his daughter says she... Uh, she says that all footballers are cheats, and she hasn't been uh, for a f- uh, she hasn't been for a few years. Card need her anger. She's embarrassed now. Right, I'm... <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, right. Uh, yesterday, uh, we were very lucky to um, see... Uh, 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 have uh, Darren Bent agreed to, to come and speak to me? I was, I was hanging around in the tunnel and uh, I caught I caught Darren Bent and I've been all lawyers. Yeah, lawyers. <laughs> I was really hoping that um, that Darren would would come and uh, speak to us 
So uh, uh, yeah, this is a brilliant, a brilliant interview with Darren Bentley. He, he understands the state of the club. He understands Charlton fans uh, better than a lot of ex-players will. So this is uh, the, the, the truly wonderful Darren Bent. I'm joined in the tunnel here at the Valley by Darren Bent. Darren, you, you didn't get on today, but your first return to the Valley as a player. What did it mean to you to, to come back here? Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I mean, uh, I've not, not been back here for a long time, but uh, yeah, I always you know, I mean look out for the club's results, and I've obviously got fond fond memories of here, and you know it's a club that obviously is quite dear to my heart. So um, yeah, it's just disappointing to see how it how it's turned out for him at the moment. But hopefully they'll be back. They're a big club, and as I said, I hope they um, they'll be back soon. The way the way things have gone for you personally, I guess Charlton really was a big stepping stone in your career. Oh, it was massive. Like obviously them and Ipswich. I mean Ipswich first, and then obviously Charlton. Alan Kerbish, came and got me out of the championship and gave me the opportunity in the Premier League. And, and as I said, it is a club that's really, really dear to my heart. And as I said I hope they'll be back. Um, you know, I'd love to be come back in in some capacity some, at some stage. But who knows? But as I said, they're a big enough club. We've got great support, so you can see how much it means to the supporters with what's going on at the moment. So I said, hopefully they'll be back. Yeah, I remember after the the game at Pride Park last season, seeing you going over and applauding the Charlton fans. Do you have a, a good connection with them still? Yeah, I do. Yeah, every time I see them, you know, I oh, see a lot about and I love, have a conversation with them. But as I said, they were the, the Charlton fans were fantastic for me. You know, what I mean, especially when I was down here, especially at the Championship, they gave me a chance, got right behind me. And as I said, whenever whenever I've, I've played against them, I mean, it's the first time I've been back here. But whenever I uh, we play against them, I will try and go over there, give them a clap, and just have to show my appreciation. From a derby point of view, uh, a very good chance of, of going out through the playoffs how do you see the rest of this season playing out uh, who knows I mean um, we just got to keep winning games that's all we can do uh, we're, we're playing really well at the moment managing to get results and I said that's all we can do I mean the main thing is uh, we're concentrating ourselves I know a lot of teams around us are, are picking up results but the main thing is we concentrate on ourselves and keep winning for us yeah, and as an outsider difficult to, to see what Charlton are going for at this moment yeah it's horrible I mean it, it, the club seems completely different from when obviously people like Richard Mills was the chairman and Peter Vardy people like that it's, um, it seems like a completely different place but as I said the, the fans care enough about the club that they'll be the ones that will be able to get it back and as I said hopefully one day they'll, they'll be back and they're a big enough club to and I said I wish them all the best Darren thanks so much for joining us no problem so am I still waiting for this world to stop hating can't find a good reason can't find hope to believe in Ray Hurd can he get across into the middle he can there's Custer to the post yeah that's good to Come Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on a Sunday evening. We're going to uh, talk about the Upbeats March uh, coming up soon and also let you know about a uh, charity auction which we've started uh, over on the Charlton Live forum. We've been donated something into the uh, into the studio. It's been sat out for a few weeks and we were waiting for the, for the right time to, to stick it up for auction. It's going to be up for the Upbeats. It's a signed, uh, framed Premier League era shirt with some big names though. Chris Powell's on there, Dean Kiley's on there. I think Curbs is probably on there. All, all the big names are on there, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll tweet out a link to that. It's a charity auction, which we're doing on the Charlton Live forum. Uh, on that forum, Rudders22 says, definitely a legit goal, talking about Teixeira's uh, disallowed goal. The ref and the Lino missed two blatant penalties. Uh, was it Diara that walking into the box had his, short, uh, his shirt pulled, but credit, he stayed on his feet before the ball went out for the corner, leading to the disallowed goal. There was a player behind Fox pulling his shirt round his neck. So, I mean, I have to admit, I didn't notice that. So, I don't know if there was a, a bit of uh, pulling and shoving. Uh, going on, did you guys notice anything like that? I, d- I don't think. I don't know. I'm just trying to think now. Mm. I mean, I think that was it. Was a bit of a, a niggly game in in general, wasn't it? There was a, a bit of. I mean, who was it, was it that got into start, a bit of a tear it? up? That was Fox later and on. Christie, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Mike Tyson says all this dissing of the Upper North fans today on the show. They are the hardcore. Without them, there is no atmosphere whatsoever. And, you know, there's no. I think it's mainly we, we had a we were talking about the the Katrine song, which uh, which uh, some of us don't agree with because uh, it is, is a bit sexist. And um, and then there was a, an email. But I think you know generally understand that you know the North Upper is where a lot of singing comes from. We've got nothing against that. Uh, Ray Bates has sent a really personal <laughs> personal <laughs> yeah, to you. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to deal with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, NYCFC said I tried to vote for Roger Johnson uh, player of the year and they didn't take me seriously funny that uh, Sue back on the emails please um, got an email from Steve um, <clears throat> 23715 um, hello chaps in the most annoying and simp oh I can't say that word can you say it where is that in my finest South London accent What's that? Oh, there you go. Sycophantically. Sycophantically. Yeah. Steve, yeah. right way possible. Love the show. <laughs> On Saturday's protests, I've backed cards, important hard work this season, but the whole holiday business was an embarrassment. To my mind, the closer we get to the relegation <clears> date, <throat> the more angry the protests need to be. That said, the concessions boycott seemed a success. Here's an interesting question, I think. Who do we want to see leaving the summer for their own good? I see people on Twitter begging Johan to stay, and it's kind of obvious he won't. But even if he hit his head and decided to stick around, it wouldn't be fair on the man. What are your thoughts? Now, I know me and Louis talked about this off-air, that we were going to speak um, on the show possibly tonight, probably more in the future, about... Yeah what the team might look like next season in League One, who we would want to stay and who um, who can uh, yeah, I mean, but so just, just, uh, I think we could probably do, because we're slightly tight on time this week, and I think there'll be, we'll have a couple of shows at the end of the week to, to talk about players that will leave. But just, just tell everyone about the conversations, Sue, that you, you well, overheard. I, I think, yeah, um, <coughs> I, I overheard a conversation yesterday, and, and I did find it, Slightly embarrassing. Everybody knows I am rose tinted, so I will look at positives in everything. But, but, <laughs> um, I, I witnessed a fan talking to Nabi Sar yesterday and basically, um, saying that he felt that he should stay next season. He's a fantastic <laughs> player, he's one of the best players we've got. Um, he'll do a really good job in League One next season. Um, and and I just, I, I don't know, I just felt really embarrassed for the guy because... Because he was clearly we, wasted. Well, <laughs> it, it just... Cause the, the sad thing about it was he seemed really genuine when he was saying it as well. And I don't know if he was doing it because he wanted to sort of get in with him or what it was. But, I mean, Nabby didn't say a word. He just kept looking down like, OK... Whether that was because he doesn't understand English very well or what it was, but um, or sarcasm. But he, yeah, no, but he wasn't <laughs> no, no, being joking. sarcastic. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Like, I'm all for like praising players up and and giving them that confidence, but just just to have that oh, it just seemed really random to me. And again, I apologise if the man in question is listening because that's your own own thought. But uh, I know the shows that I've been been part of when Nabi has been discussed it's not always been it's, it's not, that positive no. yeah we did have we did see a bit of a bit of um yeah, he, had this, he, had this, he had this weirdly good game in a game that we lost 3-0 against Brentford, Brentford yeah, yeah he actually played a bizarrely played a game but that's, but that's then, pretty much the only time we've seen I it I guess in his defense at least there's some know, defense <laughs> we don't know what he would be like in League One 
Yeah. He's very young as well. Yeah. And he is very young. I'm not 100 sure I particularly want to find out. Uh, right, uh, Thomas says the Catherine song is sexist, guys. Her gender is irrelevant, plain... Uh, plenty to criticise her on. Don't give the club fuel to turn it on us. And that's, uh, yeah, un- understand what, what Thomas is going on there. Right, um, we're going to move on now to the, uh, the, the, the fantastic work uh, of the, uh, the Charlton Athletic uh, Trust uh, and, and how they've, um, they, they've won national awards over the Jason uh, with his bag of balls who, who started it all those, all those years ago. He's still there running it up. He's at MBE now for giving it for his work that he's done. Uh, obviously, it's, se- it's separate from the club. Uh, they, they go with the club's brand, and I guess that that's what helps them because it's a, a well-known brand. Um, but they, they are separate, and every, everything they do is is done separately from the club. So it's all Jason and his team's hard work. And one of the uh, many many triumphs of of that is is the upbeats. And uh, yesterday was the uh, the annual upbeats day at the Valley. We saw the the uh, march that took place from um, uh, Sparrows Lane, the training ground, to to the valley. I think it was a nine mile walk. Yeah, that nine took, miles. Yeah. Took about four hours. Um, and then uh, uh, not many people inside the ground uh, to, to watch it. There was a game between the Charlton Upbeats and, and their equivalent from Derby. I watched that. Uh, the Addicts running out uh, 10-1 winners, which was ex- <laughs> really excellent. Uh, uh, James got a hat-trick, and, uh, which was, uh, was enjoyable for me because um, uh, James went to my primary school. So I, I always look out for him. Uh, and he's he's got a he's got a great hat trick, ten uh, one victory, and then at half time when everyone was in the ground, the lap of honour, uh, which was part. yeah, and everyone everyone stands to applaud the upbeats, um, and it's it's just such a great great thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, one of my mascots, Luca, um, was one of the upbeats, and um, just the passion that they have for the, for football and the club, and just I, I was talking to his dad, um, and he just said. Basically, playing for the Upbeats has changed his son's life. Not just as like a, a confidence thing, but physically, because actually, he said he thinks that like, his balance has improved, his his posture, his health. Um, so he said, like, that he couldn't praise them enough. He said well, they'd be completely lost without the Upbeats now. And and Luca absolutely adores playing for them. And as I think you can see when when you see any of them at the Valley and. Um, how how much they love football um it just i don't know it's just contagious isn't it when you yeah. when you see them you can't and, and how much they love being Charlton fans i mean yeah. like, that's yeah. the main thing they're like, so um, proud of yeah. the club that's the best thing about them like in in times that we're in now and the amount of positivity you can get of them just walking around the pitch and applauding everyone and, and roaring the crowd up sort of makes you remember what Charlton is really about yeah not about the current regime but you see that and you think that is the Charlton I support. Yeah. Excellent yeah. stuff. So first, our first bit of audio, uh, Terry and Big Dave from uh, from Charlton Live were on the walk yesterday. Uh, firstly, they caught up with Paul Mortimer. And obviously the, these conversations, uh, uh, there's a few of them coming up. We've got Mortz, we've got Lieburn, uh, we've got Ray and Bailey, we've got Bob Boulder and we've got Terry. I thought we had Simon Webster, but we don't apparently, so I got that one wrong. But um, yeah, we're going to start off with Paul Mortimer. These, these talks are about the walk itself and the upbeats but of course Terry couldn't pass up the, the chance to, to, to talk about the, the club as well so this is a Paul Mortimer first up well, I'm here on the upbeats walk it's uh, what day are we there the 16th of April 2016 and I'm alongside the legend that is Paul Mortimer in front of me is Carl Lieber and we're, uh, we're in his slipstream at the minute uh, just trying to keep out the wind just gone past the fox under the hill without having a drink so there's a there's a something you've never heard me say before ever I think uh, and Paul Look, uh, first of all, uh, well done for being here, by the way, uh, to support uh, what is still just a fantastic cause, isn't it? It's a wonderful cause, and, you know, I'm honoured to be here. I'm supposed to do it last year, but couldn't because of 
uh, 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 certain situations. But I'm delighted when when Carl Carl Krahas asked me. Um, you know, I said yes straight away and got on the fitness campaign to be able to to come and do my best. So yes, and and furthermore, we're not in Carl's slipstream. He's blocking the wind for us, so <laughs> we're, we're fine where we are. <laughs> now I can't uh, can't let the opportunity to speak to you go by without uh, without discussing the situation at the club. I've I've spoken to a few people outside who are outside looking in, let's say, just to get their opinion of what they feel is happening at Charlton. But obviously, someone like yourself who's got Charlton in their heart. What's, uh, what's your take on what's been uh, been happening at this club? Well, I must be honest, I'm, I'm saddened by where, where Charlton are and the decline that's happened since, I would say, probably since Chris Powell left. Um, it just looks to me like, you know, uh, good players have left. They've been replaced by players that possibly aren't of the standard. Um, managers have left. Too many have come in and left. Um, and we all know that, you know, apart from if you're Chelsea, you've got the money who can swap and change managers and be successful it just doesn't work it's a recipe for disaster and you know where Charlton are this week is is, is a shame it, it's really disappointing this is a unique club it's a unique club and people that come in need to understand the history of the club how important the fans are to the club how important it is to have a manager who understands all of this and unfortunately um since Chris Powell left, I don't think anyone who's come in has really been able to understand or grasp the importance of the fans at this club. And you say about um, uh, being a unique and, and, and special club, and today, I mean, I know this is a trust-organised uh, event, but uh, the fans of, of the club are what make uh, this event special and what make the club special. Well, <laughs> this is a wonderful club because of the fans. You know, these fans of have got down and dirty, they've rolled their sleeves up and had to dig in and help this club to, to survive. And that shouldn't be forgotten, that should be respected. So if there's any club where the fans are important, I know fans are important at every club, this club typifies how fans can save a club, in my opinion, and make the club, you know, uh, the type of historic, I suppose, club that it is. Now, uh, as I say, you, uh, you, you, know, you are now on the outside looking in a little bit, Although you've kept a close connection with us, yeah, you've uh, you've also been down to commentate on a few games, yeah, both home and away, yeah. How difficult is that to do? I mean, I know how difficult it is <laughs> to commentate on us at the minute. But from your point of view, I'm suppose you're supposed to be a little bit neutral. How does that happen? I'm supposed to be. It's incredibly difficult. Last week I commentate, commentated on on QPR Charlton. Now I'm a QPR fan. Everyone knows, yeah. but Charlton's got my heart. So it was a very difficult thing. But I felt for Charlton last week. They played superbly well, and I suppose it's a it's symptomatic of the season where you know they should have got something out of the game but they, they missed some great chances at real crucial times and that's what cost them but commentating on it is difficult because you know I have fond memories of this club and to see it where it is now it's, it, it really saddens me I know you've, uh, you, you mentioned about the, the fact that uh, bringing in players of a lesser standard when, when other players have, uh, have got injured which has happened to us this season um, it goes deeper than that, though. Do you think? Yeah, it does. Um, again, it's the it's understanding the fabric of this club. I'm not so sure that's that's quite understood by those that, that are in charge. Um, often, you have to look at the hires and fires and understand what their remit is for the club. You know, um, I look at it at the moment, and like I say, since Chris Powell left, there has been a, a sharp decline in fortunes. And really, uh, you know, the fans have a right to know what is going on and 
And what's the future? What does the future hold for the club under these owners? What are they saying to the fans about what's going to happen in the future? Because, you know, these fans love the club and they're not going away. And they deserve the right to be treated with, with respect and, and understanding. People got to understand that this club, you know, people have, have, have grown up, born into, into supporting this club, have grown up with this club at the heart of what they do. And, you know, they have a right to actually understand what the future holds for the club under the current owners. Do you think in some ways um, the Chris Powell adventure that we had, because it came at a time when we were, at the time we thought we were uh, getting towards rock bottom then, uh, and suddenly we found ourselves again, we found the club that most of us fell in love with uh, and, and Chris Powell brought it back and he wasn't the only one of course Chris Powell and his team I should say yeah. the back of star, all brought it back do you think we're suffering more now because of that than had uh, maybe we've stumbled straight into this situation yes definitely I mean again what it highlights is a lot of things how special Chris Powell was you know you had a special manager special guy you know who understood the club and what I suppose what I'm getting at is having a manager who actually understands the relationship between the management and the fans. That understands how important, you know, the manager understands the importance of the fans, you know, and and having played for the club, I think it's one of the unique clubs where the, the man in charge has to, in my opinion, have some sort of understanding or link with with what this club is about. And when you bring people in who don't quite understand that, I think that's where the disconnect comes from the outside looking in there is a definite disconnect between the fans and, and, and those that run the club now that's something that's rare for a club like this you know all the way through my experience at the club that's been a huge strength and for it not to be there at the moment is one of the major reasons why we are as a club where we are well brilliantly put sadly put regrettably uh, and uh, appreciate your time, Morts. Uh... So there was uh, there was Paul Mortimer there on these uh, away round chatting to to Terry on the on the walk, uh, <coughs> a, a bit of a legend, and obviously had some very forthright views on the on, on the current situation, really, didn't he? It, it's good good to hear that the former you know, former players that have been a massive part of the last what fifteen twenty years of of success have, have kind of got the same opinions as the fans because they have that that link to it really. Um, mm. I mean, it's pretty obvious for everyone to see, you know, what, what the situation is. But of course, to hear that from someone like Paul yeah. Mortimer, I, I, you know, I loved when I, yeah, when I, when I came down in the, in the late nineties and what have you, he was a massive part of, yeah. of the success. He's, a, good to see. he's a, effectively a, a colleague of mine for, for BBC Radio London. He does the, the co-commentator, so I was lucky enough to sit next to him at QPR, which is for me was I was sitting next to a hero, <laughs> uh, and and I was speaking to him off the record about the club, and I thought, oh, Terry's got to get this interview next week because he's going to say some <laughs> uh, some good stuff. Uh, Dan Finch says spot on Charlton Life that song is very sexy he's talking about the Katrine song he says I'm all for uh, protests but not for the Katrine song or for the camels he wasn't for the camels um, a lot, of, uh, a few people not for the camels uh, from <laughs> yesterday against camels yeah uh, a few people not for him, uh, but obviously, like I say, it's uh, ex- expecting a lot more next week. Gavin Blair says, yeah, <laughs> Gavin Blair says the upbeats were the only reason not uh, protesting seemed relevant yesterday. But I do think we should up the ante and not take it easy. And I say, I mean, this is this is just one week, just one week. You know, the upbeats were around. There was something huge planned with the Brighton fans by the sounds of it for, for next week. So um, you know, don't 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 worry too much. I'm certain it'll get. Uh, more and more, that I've, I've seen nothing from Carter suggest that they're just going to suddenly give up. You said something with the Brighton fans. Are they getting involved in this? Well, as well? Uh, just reading from something I read from Carter, it, sound, it sounds like because obviously we we helped Brighton out when they were away from their ground. Charlton were one of the, the bigger teams, so I think I, I don't know if there's going to be something with them. We've, got, we've got quite a good 
mm. close relation, like fan relationship mm. with Brighton. I think obviously because we'd been through similar about having to leave grounds and stuff. So mm. they they sort of supported us, then we supported them, and then. I think it's just one of those reciprocal, and we both hate Palace. Yeah. So. Right. Let's uh, let's move on. We've got an interview with Carl Lieburn. This is continuing the the excellent Upbeats walk. This was Carl Lieburn talking to Terry yesterday. Right. Still on the Upbeats walk. We're just coming into uh, towards Greenwich Park. We're just about walking in uh, in the same sort of straight line as we were earlier on. I'm joined by another Charlton legend, Carl Lieburn. Carl, be great to be. It's great to be part of this, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I did it last year. Um, last year it's inspired me to go on a little uh, a jogging spree Good Lord, uh, for about three, six months. Um, and hopefully it'll kickstart that again this time. But um, yeah, just just seeing the upbeats and uh, see what, what the cause is. You know, you, there, there's no way you, you can say no to coming on this on this walk. But it's, again, I'm seeing players that I haven't seen for a while, seeing people that I haven't seen for a while, having a good little chat like ourselves and um, yeah it's, it's, it's upbeat <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call uh, it's the feel good factor it's what I mean when you looked at the uh, they've increased the mileage this year for my first attempt which I'm really happy about uh, but um, you, you just haven't felt the mileage yeah, because the uh, the feel good factor and the, the kick off at, uh, at Sparrow's Lane with all the upbeats giving us a send off it's just uplifting yeah exactly you just, you just explained it yourself there um, you know I'm not particularly feeling it now might be a different story later but um, yeah I'm just enjoying the walk enjoying the talks and as I say it's a great great cause and like me you've got a bit of work to do at the end of this haven't you you've got a, but unlike me who's doing it at Charlton you've got a, a jet off you've got a helicopter waiting <laughs> yeah um, um, luckily um, I, I'm, I'm able to do a bit of media work uh, for the football as well so that's my involvement in football so and I've got a shoot off to, to Gillingham I've got my car waiting at the valley you know get a quick change uh, and off to do what I love, you know, de- dealing with football. Uh, now, you've been at the Valley a few times this season, uh, and I'll just mention it to Mortz. You know, I've asked a few people from the outside looking in who haven't got a connection to Charlton what they, uh, what they think's been going on. Uh, what's your view of the, the current situation? Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's sad at the moment. Um, you know, um, I've, I've been for a few times with Charlton, you know. When I first got to Charlton, we, we actually left the Valley. Um, so, you know, we had to get through that. Um, and uh, you know, seeing what's going on now with the demonstrations and and, and so forth, obviously, uh, to a certain extent, I understand the frustrations of the footballers and uh, uh, sorry, the football fans. And uh, I think from the outside, you're, you're just wondering what the uh, what the owner of vision is for Charlton. I think that's the question that would probably ease the pain a bit. You know, obviously, we're not having a too good a season at the moment and uh, you know precariously we might we might be even going down but uh, you know I think in terms of the fans they want some type of clear vision of what's going to be going on uh, through the through the owner's eyes you know uh, it's literally been turmoil I think we've what, with three or four managers within within seasons um, so no one really knows what's going on so as I always say with these things, it, the, the direction has to come from the top and trickle down. Um, and it's all up in here at the moment, so it's, it's frustration all around, isn't it? Uh, yes, absolutely. And from a playing side, uh, you've watched uh, you've watched a few games. Have you been able to pinpoint exactly where uh, the failings have been, And uh, even though we're starting to play better this in the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, we've had an up-and-down season. Um, for, for me, I think one of the keys to it is... 
is working hard. Um, for me, the games where we've literally put our all in to the game, we've you know even if we haven't managed to play quite well football-wise, we've come out with some type of result, whether it be a draw or obviously a, a great win. But uh, you know, there's sometimes when I think. Uh, it's, it's almost like we're playing the continental way in terms of letting the other team have it and sort of trying to close them down when we get into when they get into our last third. Um, I'm more of your, I suppose, your clock management where you go hunting the ball and you go closing the ball from the front, starts from the front, putting the other team under pressure. Um, and I think at the times when we have actually done that for for, for, the, for the team, as I said before, we've come out with some type of result. But it's, it's, there's almost this thing when, when I'm watching a game... When we start off in this sort of lethargic, let them have it way, I'm, I'm almost already on edge to think, oh God, you know, because for me, you've got to go closing them down, putting them under pressure, you know, in this league. You know, and I know, listen, when you're doing that, if you're doing that majority of the times, I think you'll get the result. I understand you can't do it all the way through the season, but I don't think we'll be where we are today. You know, I think, you know, you see Neil Warnock go to Rotherham. Now, I think his main ethos is to work your socks off. And they've somehow won five out of seven games or something like that. So, you know, but, you know, from the side, it obviously looks easier, but <laughs> to me, you've got to put that work rate in. So are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of guy? Are you looking at the rain of the season thinking, it's still possible, or are you now resigned to what, uh, what our fate is? The, the heart says, you never know, but the, 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 the brain says... You know, I think we maybe um, the manager now came a little bit too late. Um, you know, we had that Carroll for a while. Don't really know if the team knew what he was doing, but and I don't know if, he, if the job was maybe a bit too big for him. Maybe he's more of a coach. But um, you know, this guy that's come along, he, he seemed to stem the flow for a little while. Maybe if he'd had it a couple of months earlier, it'd have been a different story. But um, you know, as I keep saying. It's going to be a tough, tough to get out of this position, but it's not impossible. With three points nowadays in that league, it's not impossible, but it's, it's going to be tough. Well, we'll, st- we'll, we'll hold you to that. We'll, uh, we'll come back and talk when we've uh, when we survived on the last day, Carl. Uh, well, uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, it's wasted a, about a mile, if nothing else. <laughs> so we're a mile closer than we were when we started. Just entering Greenwich Park and uh, enjoying. Now that is the word. Enjoying this upbeat march. Cheers, Carl. There was uh, Carl Lieber and chatting to Terry there as the uh, the Upbeats march progressed towards uh, Greenwich Park. Uh, he said at the end there that he didn't think it was impossible for us to stay up. Um, I think he might be being slightly... Uh, ask him now. There. Yeah, yeah. Ask, yeah I mean, that was before yesterday's game. Even before yesterday's game, it was impossible if we're being, uh, if we're being honest. Right, once the walk entered the park, uh, Terry caught up with uh, someone who, who never played for Cholton, but is an uh, important person uh, to the Upbeats, Ray... Uh, uh, Bates and his dog Bailey uh, they uh, raise a really really well trained dog and he uh, kids can touch him and, and he doesn't react to it he's really calm and that's really... Bailey not Ray yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so uh, so he's uh, uh, he, he can go he can go and meet the upbeats and they can play with him and, and the dog the dog's quite happy just to just to go along with whatever they want to do so uh, 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 a sort of a, an unofficial mascot for the upbeats is, is Bailey the dog and uh, uh, Terry caught up with his owner Ray right still on the upbeats walk we're now marching through Greenwich Park and I'm joined alongside probably the most famous upbeat supporter on the planet and that's not you Ray it's Bailey uh, how are you Ray and how's Bailey is he alright uh, Bailey's 
he's kicking on as he always does. He's just spotted the park, so he wants to run, but I'm lagging. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a long lead? You can leave him. You can let him. Uh, he can let him oh, run he, right. He can run, but obviously we're having a chat, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll need to uh, be oh, looking at two things at once. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't keep you too long then. But uh, everybody knows of uh, the, your connection uh, with Bailey and the upbeats, and, uh, and that's still going strong, isn't it? Hey, very much so. Very much so. It started what I don't know, six, five, six years ago, when. Uh, when we had the Total Life game and we ended up at Sparrows Lane as, as a part of a, a, a thank you from the Upbeats, um, which just so happened to coincide with Bailey's qualification as a pat dog. And uh, ever since then, he's become their sort of official, unofficial mascot. I remember being there that day and uh, the, the effect he had on the Upbeats where they were all over him and he just didn't bat an eyelid. It was an amazing thing to see uh, and obviously something he's trained, been trained for. Yeah, very much so, yeah, and you started talking about his re- uh, relationship with the Upbeats. It was a, probably a good time to realise that I've actually got my glasses on, because it <laughs> does me like a kipper every time. Well, it's alright, this is only radio, so you, nobody will notice, you'll be you're fine. <laughs> well, I've just collapsed in a heap on the floor. You, know you mentioned what? to me you'd, walk with the, you'd actually had to walk to the uh, Sparrows Lane as well, so yeah, how many miles will you have actually done by the end? I should imagine round trip we probably would have done somewhere in the region of 15. 14, 15. I'm going to stop moaning right now. <laughs> Ray, appreciate you. Go off and let Bailey have a run. Cheers, no worries, mate. There's Terry there as they entered, uh, as they entered the park. The, um, the, 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 the dog, I mean, the, obviously it's, it's great to have the legends here, but people sort of behind the scenes like Ray, and obviously all the people, it's just the, 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 the upbeat, so people like Ray, who, Crispy, you know personally, or you, you did know yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they do what they can as well, and, um, and, and it's so good, so, so many people pull together to, to help the upbeats. Yeah, there's a lot of people involved in that, all credit to Ray, and, and, and the dog, of course, has a, has a great relationship with, uh, with the, the upbeats. So, um, no, it's, it's a great cause. It was, a, I think, yesterday, you know, we'll, we'll we talked about the fact that nothing happened on the process. So I think it was right that it was about the upbeats yesterday, and I, I thoroughly, you know, that lap of honour gets me every time. To be quite honest, when when they do that, it's a really enjoyable day, and it's it's for a great cause. I think what we it was about seventeen thousand. The the money was out. I think um, David said it around about half time oh. for the. <clears throat> yeah, but I think they got to about sixteen and a half thousand. In donations, that, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think they were hoping to push it over twenty k. And uh, we've, we've, if you go down our timeline, you'll, you'll find the link to try and donate. And like I say, there's uh, if you look on the um, on the Charlton Life forum, we've set up a uh, an auction to, to sell off uh, a, a framed signed shirt, uh, which is uh, which was donated to us by a, a Charlton fan called Phil. And then Jibbles, I don't know if that's his real surname, but that's that's what I know his surname to be. Uh, Phil Jibbles d- donated that to us uh, for to, to be a. a auctioned off for the upbeats right as the walk ended uh, we're, we're going to go over time by the way this evening slightly because we've got a couple more emails to get through once we get through the, the rest of these uh, interviews but as the, as the walk was coming to, towards its conclusion uh, Terry spoke to, to Bob Boulder now he's a, a massive <laughs> character he's here at the Valley tonight there's some sort of uh, thing going on tonight and I saw him there as uh, getting out of his car uh, and uh, yeah, this is uh, this is what Bob Boulder had to say to Terry. Stop then. It's the upbeat walk. We've reached the Rose of Denmark. It's the burger stop. <laughs> just before we reach the valley, and I'm alongside Bob Boulder, legend Bob Boulder. Ah, oh, great uh, time, yeah. great time. Yes. It's been a fun day, hasn't it? It's been great, yeah, from the start to finish. It's been lovely. Um, sort of like nine miles or something like that. A good Apparently chat, so, good, yeah. good chat with a lot of people. Um, and uh, I think I've made everything better for everyone because that's the type of guy I am. I've, what, prodding people, prodding with, your people stick. with my stick and <laughs> tripping people up and boring people to death and letting them fall asleep on the trip. But no, it's been lovely. 
must be 180 is it something like that or it's, 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 it's close to 200 I think yeah something yeah, in, in that area and, and the money raised and yeah. another few hundred quid donated by Sainsbury's on the way round which was yeah, nice yeah it, it was lovely stuff and obviously they they donated the, the pastries and stuff for us so a little nibble on, on the way round I didn't go anywhere near them no I, no I only had two or three but <laughs> I lost count uh, but I think it's just a, just Charlton as always and the community spirit and um, from the from the community trust right through the support we got from the sponsors and the, the upbeats uh, for this is their, their being their special day as well they've got the game very soon at the Absolutely, Valley yeah. um, and it's been very positive they've, they've been a proper bonus the upbeats this season for their success they've had and and hopefully that's going to carry on for the next few competitions they have. So, well, in a season of uh, a few positives, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's been very hard this season for everyone, really. And um, I say it's coming towards the end of the season now. And obviously today's a, a really good day to, for, for fans and everybody at Charlton uh, to get behind the upbeats and give them all the support today because they're a really good team, good bunch of uh, lads, and they've got some good players in the team as well. And it, and it hasn't felt like nine miles while we've been doing it, has it? But uh, what about tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, yeah, well, nothing. I think it's probably seemed a little bit more for nine miles. Something I've been talking to, <laughs> but, but uh, no, it's been great. I mean, as you say, so it's been nine miles, but you never know because uh, you just get through really quick and everything. So, but um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I saw Carl and and Mortz and obviously you know, Keith Peacock and everybody all the family. It's been fantastic, yeah. And old Simon Webster, Captain Webbo. Captain Webbo, I'm going to get him. Yeah, already. big long legs. He's been fantastic. He brought his two boys today as well to do the walk and. Uh, been lovely, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well done. Thanks for joining us, Bob. Go and have your burger. There was Terry and, and Bob Boulder, and now we're just going to finish up. Terry and, and Dave Lockwood, both Charlton Live members, they uh, they uh, had, had a little chat as they finished the walk. Myself and Dave Lockwood, big Dave Lockwood, have arrived yeah. at, the valley, at the end of the Upbeats walk, uh, nine miles. Uh, I'd like to say of sheer bliss, but that's probably not quite right, but it's been just an absolutely super day, Dave, and uh, yes. enjoyed doing it? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. You're right, it's been a super day. It's great chatting to all the fans on the way, seeing the upbeats, coming past and the coach cheering us, talking with the legends and Bob Boulder, of course. You know, it's been it's been real fun today. It really has, and um, it's just, just been part of something special again. And didn't feel like nine miles at all, really, did it? I mean, I know our bodies might tell us different later on, but at, uh, at the moment, it just... Uh, I know we spent four hours on the road, but it just didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like it at all. It was, you know, the, the time flew, didn't it? We left, what, about quarter past nine, and we're here in the valley, what, at uh, just about quarter to one now, so it flew past for me. But, yeah, you're right, the body is feeling a bit. My feet are a little bit... Uh so if Dave, if, Dave, if, Dave and I, if Dave and I collapse at any point in the next uh, two or three hours, you'll know exactly why. Uh, yeah. We're uh, we're outside the valley. We're we're actually looking at uh, Paul Mortimer's car, yeah. who's got to go off to Talksport. That's not going to happen anytime soon because he's blocked in. So we've just got okay. to negotiate that by, by, yeah. by one of the players. So he might get dragged off at 15 minutes into the game yeah. to go and move his car. Yeah. Uh, but it's been an, an epic day. It's been a superb day and, uh, and part of something special. And I think uh, with all that's been going on this season, with all that's been going behind the scenes at the club, uh, what we do as fans, I suppose, have to cling to is that uh, there's stuff like the Charlton Upbeats that gives us real pride in supporting this club of ours. Thanks for listening. We've been uh, Terry and Dave, uh, and we're off to A&E. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> so that was um, uh, our very own Terry Smith and Dave Lockwood at the the culmination of the uh, the, the Upbeats uh, walk yesterday, and uh, we'd, uh, we're all really proud of the, of the two of them, uh, especially Terry getting all the way around nine miles without a, a wheelbarrow. Especially with his back. Yeah, with his back, his so yeah, and, and, and all for a really good cause, so... Uh, well done to, to every single one of you who uh, comp- uh, who helped out in the, or, or did the march yesterday, or, or even just don't donated. Uh, it, it all goes to such a brilliant cause, right? We've uh, 
Uh, we've, we've gone over time slightly, but a couple more uh, emails we want to we want to just finish off because uh, there, there's something that, that came out in the voice of the Valley essay which we haven't even talked about yet, and, and, and it potentially could it be big news? See. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it could be big news. I mean, we we keep hearing from Roland he's not um, not planning on selling, doesn't want to sell. Um, but then I read yesterday that he's now said that he'll sell for thirty eight million. And then we hear that there's a consortium led by former player Paul Elliott um, that that's apparently in for us. Um, but we we'd also been linked with Lenny Lawrence coming in as. Which is a separate thing, yeah, I think. Which is interesting, but yeah, um, yeah. But let's uh, we we have an email on on the subject, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, we got an email from David Tobman. Um, Hi guys, Nightmare of Division One club under the Dischatelet Mayor <coughs> Murray leadership is a nightmare. It's all hope that a Paul Elliott-led group or a counter-offer from Varney associated group is now more likely, and Dischatelet is willing to sell. As he doesn't do failure, he must now feel the time is right to walk away. Most important is that Murray goes too, as he has zero credibility and any remaining goodwill from earlier times is long gone. A new regime with Lawrence as director of football would be a good start to getting the club stabilised and able to arrest the decline. Lawrence as a Chatelet appointment would be a window dressing, as nothing is likely to change. Let's hope the end of the Belgium nightmare is ending soon. Thanks, David. So, um, obviously, yeah, touches on that that Paul Elliott situation and the, the asking price of thirty eight million. I mean, that that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is huge. For, for for a League One club saddled with debt to uh, Roland, uh, that that would be ridiculous. I mean, no no one lays all your your cards on the tables in a negotiation. Roland doesn't come out and say, "Well, actually, I'll probably sell it for fifteen, To be fair. How much did he buy the? Uh... Fourteen million pounds. I, right. I understand. And, and the assets are worth. Don't know, I haven't counted, but um, he's uh, he's uh, it's uh, obviously he's the, the, from what I understand is the way he's financed the club is through a loan. So uh, he, he's obviously would like to recoup that money um, through the, the the purchase, which is probably why he's asked for that thirty eight million pounds or as much of it as possible. And, and some of the players are mm. classed as assets, so the signing of. Addy, yeah. some of the other younger players on sort of long, mm. long deals that would come into that thirty-eight million, I assume. Uh, yeah, you've seen all, all these things went out up. So, but I mean, you know, it, hopefully it's a light at the end of the tunnel. And it was, uh, you know, really released by Rick there, and then uh, yesterday in, in his fanzine, and uh, Richard Corley picked it up on on, on the South London Press. So, so, so maybe just something to cling on to, maybe Crispy. Fingers crossed. Um, you know, that's what we've been pushing for for the last couple of months, um, and now it's in the next couple of weeks. It's about really, really hitting it home, and and hope that in the summer that this this, this does happen because you know we we want to be in League One. I mean, we don't want to be in League One, but we want to be in League One where we've got hope of getting out of it. And I don't think we'll be able to get out of it under this leadership because I don't yeah. think they have any idea how to run a football club in the Championship, let alone in the league in League One because it's a a nightmare of a league to to be in, and we don't want to be there. Well, we've, but, seen, we've, we've seen nothing to suggest that they've learned any lessons no, really towards not at all. To, towards how they'd manage their way out of it. Right, we've got one more email. Uh, which we'll go through, Sue, from uh, from Matty Vine. Yeah, um, this is about Jose. Um, so Matt says, Evening all, personally I'm a fan of Jose Riga. In both of his stints with the club, he has had to work with other managers' players and hardly got to bring any of his own players in. The players he brought in has improved us. Um, George, Mota, Fanny and Suk Young. He's had to cope without two of our best players for long periods, Cashy and Bauer. On another day, we could have won yesterday. 
George's goal could have been allowed. We also hit the post and had a chance cleared off the line, not forgetting the great tackle by Christie on JBG when through on goal. His subs are sometimes questionable. Felt the solid change was correct as he was looking tired and Motta gets forward better. Give him a summer to hopefully bring in the players he wants and see where we go. The squad we have now is definitely good enough to go straight back up. However, I feel we'll lose the likes of Lookman... Uh, Johan and Cousins. It will give other players a chance to develop in a lower league and we gain some much-needed confidence. Riga gets more stick when we lose than praise when we win. It's understandable everyone is frustrated, but it's hard for him to work with a squad that isn't his. Many thanks, Matt Fine. There was uh, Matt, my good friend Matt. Um, interestingly, he says that he's a fan of Jose. I think mean, some people, a lot of people, accept that, that Jose has improved things. On the other side, a lot of people are like, well, Jose is a, a network boy." As, as far as we're concerned, I know Jose tried. He tried to distance himself from mm-hmm. Ronan quite early on, and he, he, at times he, I, I interviewed on, on the separate interview I did yesterday. I mentioned about squad size, and he sounded frustrated about the size of the squad, and he's finally admitted it, and you know all this. And uh, personally, <coughs> I just can't see him being see him being here next season. Um, if if, if say this Paul Elliott thing has got legs and we get taken over, I, I see no reason why they'd keep him. No. Um, if um, but even if he is, I just I, I don't know. A if he'd have the battle for it, and B we know we're not running this like as far as he's concerned, he bought Jose in to keep him up, and he hasn't done it, so he'd probably fire him anyway. So I'll be shocked if he's still here uh, next season. Matt also said that he felt the squad that we have currently would be good enough to get promotion from League One, which you could argue pro- probably. I think we like we say we have improved. You know, it's hard to say until you've seen him in League One. Uh, the, the squad right now is, probably, is a lot better than it has been for the majority of the season, which is obviously why we're, why we're down there. Um, but there's, there's no way this squad's going to be anywhere near intact at the start of this season. Half of that squad no. will be gone. Mm. At least. Yeah. At least. Right, um, it's, uh, we've overrun uh, a bit. Oh, Liz, have we missed an email from, from Robin? Matt, uh, from Robin Lisbon. Oh, bit sorry. Down. Yeah, we have, yeah. In fact, we've got it, yeah. All right, okay, I'll read it now because he's just tweeted just saying we missed it. Oh, sorry. That's right, I found it. It says, uh, Hi, guys, we're becoming used to the idiocy of this regime and owner allegedly thinking he can sell for £38 million, coupled with a failing CEO who comes to work when it suits her uh, like some hapless employee. The only real entertainment in the last six months... Uh, 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 has been to observe the circus run by these clowns. We seriously must be wor- the, the worst run football club in history. Like 7,000 other loyal fans, I can't wait to see the end of this rotten and incompetent regime and see us all celebrate with a new owner. I'm also tired of hearing Riga's post-match interviews as he constantly bemoans our luck and I hope his last game, like the regime's, is Burnley. And that is a good point. He did, he did mention a lot about luck yesterday. And um, when I asked him about the corners, and he tried to he tried to he tried to imp- imply that we have improved. But I said we conceded twenty goals from corners this season, seven of which have come under Jose. And even though maybe there hadn't been so many in the last two weeks, we conceded one yesterday, and it shows there still is that underbelly there. Um, it's not uh, it's not about being a bit stronger than a few weeks ago, Riga. It's about grinding out results, especially when you're fighting for survival. Ask Warnock. I thought the atmosphere was the worst for weeks. Fans brackets what's left of us. May have been solemn as they digest relegation and the virtual destruction of our club, but Charlton fans' spirit can never be destroyed. We therefore have to pick up the protest in our last two games. Borough and Birmingham was brilliant. Let's have more of that. Let's hope we secure our new owner quickly to settle before next season. I'm betting that if we do, we'll bounce uh, straight back up to the championship. So some, some positivity there at the end from Rob. And, you know, that's exactly the situation that we all want. Is that We want a new owner and someone who can uh, get us over the line into in try and push for promotion next season yes <coughs> it's got, I don't, I, I, the other thing is I think under and we have talked about it before under this regime who would want to come in 
Who would want to work under these the conditions that that the managers? Yeah. Well, what players would want to come? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, you will we'll get some players. Look at Blackpool; they've got a, a squad of eleven, of of however many players, but they're not very good ones, and that's why they're down looking at a second successive relegation. And that's the the worry that we're going to have is we're only going to attract the sort of crappy players that we've attracted this season. That that's where I worry about. As I said a, a few minutes ago about the leadership, if, if this regime is still in charge, I really don't see us getting out of League One. I see us going the way Blackpool are going. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Right. Okay. On that happy note, uh, let's uh, let's end the show. Uh, Lewis, thanks for coming in this evening, Lewis Cat. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Chris B, thanks for thanks for making your return. Thanks, mate. The first lady of China Athletics, Sue, thanks for for coming in. Thank you very much, Louis. I've been Louis Mendez. Let's uh, all look forward to our relegation party at the Macron uh, on Tuesday evening. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back during the week with a big match preview, probably a relegation special. Uh, you probably hear me crying at some point. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, see you soon. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.